Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, well, well. A win for Taco Bell. Taco John's is giving up its Taco Tuesday trademark. But, you know, it's not going down quietly. They want Taco Bell to pay for picking the fight in the form of a donation to charity. Over here, Taco Bell mounted a huge freeing Taco Tuesday campaign, filing a petition with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, and their appeal board to cancel trademarks on the common term. And Taco John said, uh, eh, we don't want to pay millions of dollars to lawyers to defend our position. So Taco John CEO, Jim Creel, announced that the company will begin sharing Taco Tuesday with a pledge to contribute $100 per location in our system to restaurant employees with children who are battling a health crisis, death, or natural disaster, with a challenge that our litigious competitors and other taco-loving brands to join us. Now, Taco John's uh, owned the trademark in 49 states. For the past 34 years, <laughs> uh, the small business called Gregory's owns the registration in New Jersey, has 400 restaurants in 21 states, and made a $4,000 donation to the nonprofit organization Children of Restaurant Employees Corps. While the move is majorly aimed at Taco Bell, the Wyoming headquartered company also urged Del Taco, Taco Bueno, Taco Cabana, Jack in the Box, and Mom and Pop Taco shops across the country that intend to use Taco Tuesday to consider making the donations. I mean, that's a big number. Uh, if uh, Taco Bell would have to donate uh, like $720,000 in the challenge to match the $100 per restaurant pledge. I mean, they have 7,200 stores. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty big. Now, it's still probably less than what the legal battle would cost them. But uh, there you have it. I mean, even LeBron James, what a that guy. Uh, he is the global ambassador for Taco Bell, and he wanted to free Taco Tuesday. Yeah, why don't you just pay for it? LeBron, but no, he should donate all his money to core himself. That's for sure. But cause he had filed an application, uh, for taco Tuesday himself, uh, because of advertising and marketing services, podcasting services and online entertainment services. Oh, oh, okay. Well now you can use it for nothing. So I hope you can donate money, LeBron to core just to cover uh, some help for children of restaurant employees but anyway there you have it you're gonna have taco tuesday everywhere and it will be legal now since taco john said yeah donate to core and go ahead welcome welcome to chewing the fat 
Here we go again. Uh, AI helping police to bust perps with uh, just because that's what they do. Uh, the new company called Recore. We talked about this uh, last week, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about what we talked about last week again. But this new case is in Scarsdale in uh, upstate New York, Westchester County. So the cops stopped this guy, and when they stopped it, they found a large amount of crack cocaine, a gun, and over 34000 in cash in his vehicle. He later pled guilty uh, to drug trafficking charge. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, how did you know that this Zayas fit the bill for drug trafficking? Well, the company Recor analyzed uh, traffic patterns uh, regionally, and in the course of that analysis, the program identified Zayas as suspicious. Oh, so also we're just using license plate readings uh, to look out for drivers who might have an expired license or are wanted for prior violations. Now, however, the AI integration seem to be making uh, you know, great at identifying other kinds of criminality just by observing the behavior. So Record describes itself as an AI-driven roadway intelligence platform, and it contracts with police departments and other public agencies all across the country. It also works with private businesses uh, using Record software. Oh, that's great. That's great. So the system is made up of 480 cameras distributed throughout the region, routinely scans 16 million vehicles a week, capturing identifying data points like a vehicle's license plate number, make and model of the automobile, and by recording and reverse engineering vehicle trajectories as they travel across the state, Cops can use the software to assess whether the particular routes are suspicious or not. Isn't that nice? So this re- uh, this particular driver, Zayas, uh, his car was taking uh, multi-year trips. Uh, he was routinely making trips back and forth between Massachusetts and certain areas of upstate New York. The AI determined that his routes were known to be used by narcotics pushers and uh, conspicuously short stays. As a result, the program deemed Zayas' activity consistent with that of a drug trafficker. Oh, interesting. So if the cops already had ID a drug trafficker with the click of a button, uh, now just think what's going to happen in 10 years. Plus, um, I would be interested in how they pulled him over. How does knowing that he is a suspicious traveler give you the right to pull him over and search his car? That's a tough one for me, but they obviously did, and he pleaded guilty, so, you know, we're done. I mean, they found uh, some crack, a gun, I'm sorry, a large amount of crack cocaine, a gun, over $34,000 in cash. Oh, okay. Uh, and so my, my, my point still stands. Um, what gave you the right to just pull him over and search his car because you thought he was suspicious? That's, 
That's really weird to me. That's really weird to me. You know, we talked about Jackson, Wyoming, uh, who is going to start install- installing these uh, license plate recognition cameras along with their in their streets uh, from a company called Flock Safety, and they have all these different programs that they named after uh, birds. You know, the Falcon Line, the Raven, the Talons. And so they're going to, uh, well, the system, the AI-powered mass surveillance system is called Talon. All right. So, and then there's Condor, which provides a live feed with zooming capabilities, uh, doing the same thing. There's another company called Motorola Solutions, which also operates a similar database. Uh, Well, and we also have this company in New York that is doing it, Recor. So there's multiple companies in the country that is doing it. Have you watched? Have you watched uh, Class of '09 yet? If you haven't, find it and watch it. Class of '09. It's really interesting, and it has to do with this type of AI surveillance and the FBI and the government. And it's uh, it's pretty fascinating. They I like the way they did it. They they go back in time. They go to present time, and they go to the future. And in the you know they start using how it got started with the AI how it got started with uh, the FBI using AI like these companies are doing and how it evolved in the future. Now you know in the show the end I think ends differently than what you would expect and what it looks like how the ending is going to be here. But you never know. I was reading in this one story where it talks about, well, humans make the case, right? So uh, people are looking at all of this information and the humans still make the case to what is going to happen with it. Uh, That's the way it started in class of 09 as well. Okay. But at some point the humans go, well, you know, the computer's right, so let's do that. Oh, oh, uh, okay. So, and now I see we're fighting in France because they're starting to put up new security for the Olympics. Uh, well, welcome to it. I know this, uh, you know, the Vision Software, uh, the uh, XXII group, is waiting for further specs from the French government so they can put their Olympics video surveillance into high gear. But that's what happens. Remember, that's what happened in London. I mean, you're going to... France and Paris. That is what's going to happen. I mean, the tool allows the state to analyze everything from our bodies, our behavior. And then here's where they talk about, well... And then the human, the computer will decide whether it's normal or suspicious. Uh, and then it will tell you, well, we think it might be suspicious. What say you, human? <laughs> and you as a human will have to decide. And most of the time you're going to decide, you know, what the computer decides. So there's that. Then I was looking at the most surveilled cities, and a lot of them are in China, uh, for sure. I mean, when you look at the top 10, well, this list is the top 12. Uh, You have uh, mostly cities in China, but there is London. uh, There is Atlanta, 
Wow. Singapore and Abu Dhabi. Wow. Out of 12, <laughs> eight are in, are in China, not Japan. Sorry, my fault. Uh, I'm just, you know, China, Japan, same thing. <laughs> uh, I know. Stop it. It was just a joke. But I looked at the cities outside of China that are the most surveilled. And you have, uh, I said, uh, Singapore, have Delhi, Moscow, uh, Seoul, St. Petersburg, London, of course, Los Angeles. So, I mean, those are big cities. New York, Mumbai. Uh, we have these cities outside of China. So more and more cities and states, even the smaller cities and smaller areas are now being surveilled by AI. So be prepared and be ready for it. It's amazing. I loved the fact, even in all these stories, they say, and I quote, it's up to the humans, the police officers, to examine the situation and see what should be the appropriate action. Maybe it's something serious. Maybe it's not. The important thing is, that it's humans who make the ultimate decision about how to react, not the computer. The algorithm is empowering humans. <laughs> right. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Well, this is interesting. Uh, Netflix uh, decision to force you to, uh, you know, not be able to share your password with family members. Uh, apparently, they claim, oh, it's paying off. Uh, we gained 5.9 million subscribers last quarter. And while other media companies struggle with the transition to streaming, uh, business is looking pretty good. Uh, here over here at Netflix, we've got extra cash on hand because, well, we've, we've we don't have to spend any money on new content, and uh, they believe that we've made steady progress, but we've got more work to do to reaccelerate our growth. Yeah, okay, so I'd be interested to see inside of some of those numbers, like the 5.9 million subscribers last quarter. Okay, so um are they the big time subscribers or did they just do the quick little family subscribership so they still had netflix for now because i still have netflix i didn't get rid of them but man i'm i i'm pretty close i'm, I'm pretty close and I, and I said that about watching tv too and i know that it's not going to happen but i am pretty close i'm trying to really pay attention to what i watch and what i watch it on so that uh you know i have an idea of what i you know if, if, I, if i'm paying netflix i think now 20 bucks a month for you know being able to watch it on multiple screens and uh you know in it just one household now and i can't even go down to my son's house and watch it unless he gets it or unless i pay for another account there right because heaven forbid that he uses my password or that i use my password there can't have that and that's the same with hulu i can't do that it's just amazing to me so we'll see how that holds up for netflix uh they seem to be smiling now but they may be smiling out of the other side of their face a little while from now 
Thank you for subscribing to Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it. I know it's free, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening now and you're not a subscriber, that means you're a freeloader and nobody likes freeloaders, okay? So find a platform that you can uh, that you can deal with and subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher so that you're happy to get a podcast for free and you're not a freeloader. No, no one likes a freeloader, okay? I appreciate it. And when, once you do subscribe, remember the main rule that you have to follow. There are, well, there are a couple main rules. Uh, the first one is if your platform allows you to rate and review the show, you should re- rate and review it 20 stars, best podcast ever. And second is that uh, whenever you're asked as a subscriber uh, to Chewing the Fat, whenever you're asked by anyone, hey, what are you listening to? Your answer has got to be Chewing the Fat. That's just the rules. Uh, you can listen to other stuff. I know you're going to listen to other stuff. I listen to other stuff. That's part of life. But, you know, if somebody says, hey, what are you listening to? No matter what you're listening to, you have to answer Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. That's just part of the deal. You can also follow me on the social medias, uh, you know, to, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we discussed yesterday threads is dead, but, you know, Jeff Fisher Radio there if you care to. Uh, you can follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can order a cameo from me. That's not free, but uh, you can order a cameo from me and uh, then just tell cameo what you want me to do. Be happy, glad, sad, mad, mean. Uh, you know, if there's a special date you want to be reminded of and have a party about, let me know and I'll take care of it. Cameo is kind of like the pimp in this deal. Till you know, you log on to the cameo app at Jeffy JFR, and then you tell them, tell them what you want and uh, you pay the pimp and then uh, you know me as the as the worker gets a little bit of cash out of that too <laughs> that's just the way it works I'm positive they're not happy about me calling them uh, my pimp but hey that's the way I see it okay and you can always follow me on Twitter at Jeffy JFR I see where, and I'm close to uh, paying for my blue check mark on Twitter too. Uh, I really, I, I miss having a blue check mark. The algorithm is really, it, your account doesn't grow and your reach is really limited. Uh, I appreciate all the people that follow me on Twitter, and but I know the way that it works with the people that I follow, who I see, how the algorithm sends it to me. So without the blue check mark, um, you know, so many of you aren't seeing my tweets, not that they're all great, but I would like to, you know, expand my reach. Speaking of Twitter and Elon, of course, is not going to, uh, expand my reach or anyone's reach without a check mark. That's just the way it is now. And I should have known that going in, but I didn't. And I put my foot down and that was wrong to do. He told me, he told me, and I just, I didn't listen, but I see where Elon is uh, battling with Elizabeth Warren, you know, the senator from Massachusetts, agonizing, and uh, she is after Elon again, saying, "I'm concerned." At Tesla, she tweets this, of course. So she, at Tesla's board, has failed to manage conflicts of interest from his role as CEO of Tesla and Twitter. Tesla's board has a legal obligation to serve its shareholders. I'm urging at SEC Gov to investigate. Oh, isn't that special? 
yeah, let's get more government entities involved in investigating Elon. Well, he replied to that tweet, not you again. <laughs> that has got to frost her butt so bad. Then, uh, with that, not you again. I freaking love that. Now, he, then she has to uh, remind, be reminded that uh, I'm not CEO, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm not CEO. So, when asked about uh, uh, her driving a Tesla, um, I, I mean, he's, she said the United Elon said, the United States has definitely been harmed by having her as a senator, LOL. Then he also replied to, uh, you remind me of when I was a kid and my friend's angry mom would just randomly yell at everyone for no reason. And then the next tweet was, hey, please don't call me the man. No, please don't call the manager on me, Senator Karen. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, her tweet, her original tweet, was also kind of fact check with the context because they said, you know, we need to readers added context to the tweet saying that of what you might want to know. Uh, Elon is not the CEO of Twitter. Okay. Uh, that's the Twitter uh, CEO is uh, Linda Yacanari, you know. Uh, yeah. So it's just awesome. Uh, don't call the manager on me. And not you again. <laughs> that is hilarious. Just hilarious. At Jeffy JFR is my Twitter account, by the way. Just a friendly reminder. Also, just a friendly friendly reminder. Today, if you're listening live, is the 21st of July, 2023, which means the Mega Millions lottery drawing is tonight. And it, at the very least, at the very least, it's $720 million. And, uh, $369.6 million is the cash option. Man, would that be sweet. Now, I hope that you uh, pull it off and win it. But if it's not you, then I hope it's me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. So who died today? Who died today? Kevin Mitnick. Kevin Mitnick, dead at the age of 59. Kevin, uh, you remember Kevin as one of the pioneering hackers in the 80s and 90s who tricked people to helping him steal software and services from big phone and tech companies. I mean, he was uh, he was wanted by the government. In fact, spent time. Uh, he died in uh, spent time in prison. Died in uh, Las Vegas after a 14th month battle with pancreatic cancer. Very sad. I do not wish that on anyone. He was uh, part of a security firm. No, before K N O W 
B-E-4. He was chief hacking officer. <laughs> I mean, he was uh, hunted by the FBI, imprisoned. Uh, finally, then they said, you know, he's pretty smart. We should listen to what he has to say. So, yeah, we'll just, uh, you know what, we'll get his advice. We're U.S. lawmakers and global corporations. We'll just use him because he, I mean, he's a cybersecurity expert, public speaker, author, uh, really cool. I mean, he definitely is uh, the professional trajectory of what many consider the misplaced prosecutorial zeal that put him behind bars for nearly five years until the year 2000 when they learn better to distinguish serious computer crime from mischievous troublemaking of youths. <laughs> so anyway, very sad. Rest in peace, Kevin Mitnick. Kevin Mitnick, dead at the age of 59. A man that's not dead, but I would uh, make sure that I have some pretty good security. Uh, he's a Virginia man who admitted to entering the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th riot. Jacob Hiles, the charter boat captain, traveled from Virginia Beach to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and he uh, wanted to express his support for President Trump by exercising his First Amendment rights guaranteed under the United States Constitution. Ha! So he's already pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor count of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol building uh, wow. <laughs> uh, he was sentenced in December of 2021 uh, to two years of probation and ordered to complete 60 hours of community service. He is suing CNN for defamation. According to the FBI affidavit, Hiles posted numerous videos and photos on his Facebook page on the day supporters of Trump stormed the Capitol building. They included a selfie he posted that morning with the caption, feeling cute, might start a revolution later. <laughs> I mean, does it? Okay. All right. So his lawsuit alleges CNN defamed him in an article with the headline, U.S. Capitol Police Officer indicted on obstruction of justice charges in connection with January 6th. The article reported on the indictment of uh, Michelangelo Riley, a Capitol Police officer who prosecutors said messaged Hiles on Facebook and encouraged him to delete his posts. He was sentenced to two years of probation and four months of home detention earlier this year after being convicted of one count of obstruction of justice. Wow. Then the article's focus later shifts to Hiles, our guy from Virginia, with the subheading that says, Man wanted to start a revolution on January 6th. <laughs> so, according to the lawsuit, that subheading and the article's contents are defamatory because they falsely accuse Hiles of felonious criminal activity of which he was not charged or convicted, either directly or indirectly. I know the article alleges that he had the intention to overthrow a sitting government, which is one of the, uh, you know, obviously he says the gravest felonies in the United States of America. Huh? So, uh, we'll see if that, what comes of that with his lawsuit against CNN. I would, uh, like to, uh, say that he's going to win a little bit of money, but you just 
never know. Uh, I guess CNN acknowledged that Hiles pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor, but they continued to paint the picture of his uh, revolutionary, violent revolutionary intent on causing violence. Feeling cute might start a revolution today. <laughs> so he's suing uh, for $37 million in compensatory damages and a further 350000 in putative damages. Good luck. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I see where Charles Barkley was correct. He said in his rant last weekend, hey, y'all can, can't cancel me. Uh, I ain't worried about getting canceled and nothing has come of it for sure. You aren't canceling uh, King Charles, Sir Charles. Uh, he uh, called. He was at the golf tournament and out at Lake Tahoe. The uh, what's it called? The American Century Championship. They bring in all these big sports stars and have a big golf tournament every year. And we can, uh, you know, go down. I'm not sure where he ended up on the, the leaderboard. Wow, 81st. No wonder he was ranting. <laughs> uh, he was way down the old leaderboard. But he was going off on some, uh, you know, on Dylan Mulvaney. He said, uh, you guys, uh, uh, you don't drink. Uh, you boycott Bud Light over its tie-up with trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Rednecks and assholes. <laughs> All you rednecks and, well, the story says a-holes, uh, who don't want to drink Bud Light. F y'all. Uh, I mean, the crowd cheered, of course. And, uh, so, I mean, he was in, he was in the eighties. So no wonder he was drunk and in the bar hollering and yelling. And he told them that you can try to cancel me. I ain't worried about you. Uh, cancel me. If y'all fire me and give me all that money, I'm going to be playing golf every effing day. <laughs> I got three cases of Bud Light. If you're gay, bless you. If you're trans, bless you. If you have a problem with that, F you. <laughs> He's right, though. No one's giving him a hard time. That's for sure. Uh, Barkley, I know, sparked backlash on Twitter. Uh, he said, uh, time to not buy Bud Light even harder, said one uh, social media user. And uh, Barkley said, F you too. <laughs> so he just not backing off of it. I found it amazing. Uh, this whole boycott thing, man. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light's parent company, has looks like they're going to lose like $27 billion in market cap. I mean, they've threatened that they were the top beer for decades. Anheuser-Busch. 
And this uh, fight over Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney, I mean to tell you, it has done wonders to the ruination of Anheuser-Busch. Just amazing. Anyway, uh, Charles was 81st in the uh, in the leaderboard out there at the uh, Lake Tahoe this year. And uh, I saw, you know, McAfee was out there with A.J. Hawk. And uh, A.J., I think, ended up being 46th, tied for 46th. He tied with Joe Theismann and Seth Curry at uh, 46th. And McAfee was 67th, I think. Uh, Steph Curry won the tournament. Last year, Tony Romo won. Uh, Steph Curry won. Uh, Romo was eighth this year. Wow. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was fifth. I know Aaron was out there. He was interviewed about hard knocks as well. I was going down the list of who was on, who was out there playing and how they ended up. Uh, Marty Fish, number two. Joe Pavleski. Joe Pavleski, uh, number three. Mark Mulder, Aaron Rodgers, fifth. Uh, Derek Lowe was seven. Romo was eighth. John Elway was tied for ninth with Michael Pena. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of big names. I mean, all these big sports stars are out there golfing at Lake Tahoe every year. And uh, coming in uh, way down at the end, uh, Don Cheadle. Wow. I mean, whew, way down there. Sorry. Have a nice day. Anyway, Aaron was out there, and he was asked about being on hard knocks. And because uh, he wasn't happy about it, the Jets had said no. Uh, HBO's hard knocks. And they said, no, I think more than once, but they couldn't find a team to do hard knocks. And the NFL, instead of saying, well, we just won't do it this year, I don't know how much money is involved with HBO and NFL films and what happens with all that. I'm sure it's a lot. And so they are going to pull through. You're going to get a team. And they have restrictions. They're going to have to, you know, probably going to have to look at uh, some of the rules that stipulate who could be on hard knocks. Uh, because, uh, you know, this year there was, I think, three teams that fit the criteria, and one of them was the Jets. Of course, everyone wants the Jets. Hello. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' first year as the Jets. The other teams nobody cares about. Sure, we probably would have watched it. I mean, I I like watching Hard Knocks. It's fun. Uh, You know, it's behind the scenes of the whole training camp uh, for for an NFL team. I know the players seem to not really enjoy it, but... Once the cameras are there, you get over it. Same with the coaches. You just got to move on with your life. That's the way it is. But uh, they all said no. And the NFL said, uh, yeah, it's going to be the New York Jets. Uh, we're going to side with all the fans. And they we want, uh, we want Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. So he was asked about it at this American Century Championship as he was, uh, you know, walking the course. You see that camera? You're going to see a lot of them now. Hard Knocks is coming. Your thoughts? <laughs> One of the only things I like about Hard Knocks is the voice of God who narrates it. Right. Live. I hope I get to meet him. But look, you know, I understand the, the appeal with us. Obviously, there's a lot of eyes on me, a lot of eyes on our team, a lot of expectations for our squad. So uh, they force it down our throats, and we got to deal with it. Yeah, he was uh, talking to a Dennis O'Donnell from KPIX Sports. 
there in uh, the Bay Area, the CBS Bay Area affiliate. Uh, you can tell he's not very happy about it. I just saw a picture of uh, the Jets posting of uh, Aaron Rodgers with his uniform on and number eight showing that it was not uh, an AI-generated picture. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Hard Knocks uh, at uh, trading camp for the New York Jets. It's going to be one of the biggest-watched ones, I guarantee it. We all wanted the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. And I know know the people that don't like sports are saying, so what? It's Aaron Rodgers and and it's uh, HBO Hard Knocks. So what? I know. I know. But I'm telling you, it's going to be a big one. And he's not happy about it at the NFL. Like all the fans are saying, tough. And I will say this to Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. uh, There's a lot of excitement around this team. Uh, If you look at the NFL and the other teams, there's a lot of big, big teams in the NFL this year. And all Aaron has to do is win. Because if he doesn't win... Man, it's going to be interesting watching him get rode out of New York on a rail. I saw a really cool thing, uh, drones fighting fires. So they were testing it, and there was a test phase for these drones that uh, obviously fly up these buildings, these tall buildings, and you know they have a hose connected to them and they put out the fire which is awesome but it's not just the drones it's uh, you know the humans running the drones and that goes back to what we were talking about with the ai and the surveillance right the robots already told us we're not going to be putting humans out of work we're here to assist and the humans always decide what's best but i mean it's it is really cool that we're using these drones to fight fires or at least we're testing it i don't know why we aren't doing it now to be honest with you if there's a a tall building on fire uh let the fireman that was going to climb the ladder and hold the hose learn to fly the drone and let the drone spray the water onto the fire and get it out i just uh, i thought it was a really cool thing now i will say this that at some point uh won't it be easier just to let ai run the whole thing uh sure 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 humans will still make the choice whether they're gonna go in and rescue somebody that's in the building but ai will have the technology to be able to take care of it and see where the drones need to go where they need to shoot whatever fire needs to happen where the water needs to go and they won't need humans uh flying the drones in uh on the ground so i'm sure that will never happen though (laughs) i'm sure that will never happen and it will never happen that the an extra drone uh tied into the actual operating system would be flying around and seeing someone uh, hollering out a window and decide no we're not gonna save you sorry we're no your life isn't really where the the percentages are too low of you being saved so we're not going to rescue you whereas maybe that human watching would have decided to save the actual human right right i mean that's what uh i robot was all about will smith right he was saved by the robot who decided that the little girl or was his wife well not the i think it was a little girl in the car had less of a chance to live so it saved him first 
and let that person die, whereas the human would have picked the child. And that's the conundrum. So apparently there was some controversy online over the definition of a couple of words. One was guts and the other was balls. So this post uh, is hoping to uh, help you uh, differentiate from the two words. Guts is arriving home late after a night out with the boys being met by your wife with a broom and having the guts to ask, are you still cleaning or are you flying somewhere? Balls is coming home late after a night out with the boys smelling of perfume and beer with lipstick on your collar and slapping your wife on the bottom and having the balls to say, you're next, chubby. I hope this clears up any confusion on the definitions. Now, medically speaking, there's no difference in the outcome. Both result in death. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.